Welcome to episode 117 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hey. It is Monday night, August 17th. And tonight, we're going to bring you a full episode of A Long Time Ago This Week with Matt Cassell. Are you ready, Matt? I am. I was going to cough. Um, <laughs> I have... I'm fighting the con flu. Still. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks in, con flu... Well, it's been... Ravaging it's been, your body. It, it hit me, um, I think, when we recorded last week, and it got a little worse, and ever since then, it's been sort of one of those illnesses that have that has like morphed itself like it starts out like as kind of like a fever and then it turns into body aches and then it turns into blowing your nose and then it turns into a cough and right now I'm in the coughing stage which is usually signifies the end of an illness for me but sadly it's the longest part so if I cough tonight I apologize but it's either that or not be on the show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know dedication folks that's the name name of the game hey wait i did this show once with pneumonia i just i believe it was the uh the debate episode yeah you and, and with you had them, pneumonia yeah you don't it was a year ago last october so long ago i didn't know that that show you had pneumonia yeah i was still getting over pneumonia when we did that show because we did a, a little pre-show prep, if you remember. Um, I do maybe remember. Maybe Buffalo Wild Wings, I think. And and our I home had, base. I had just finished at Med Express, where they diagnosed me with pneumonia, and they said, "Make sure you go home and rest." And I said, "Oh, absolutely." I drove straight to Buffalo Wild Wings across town, so that way I could prep to destroy our rival podcast, which we successfully did. Um, But, you know, that's the kind of dedication that I have when it comes to this show. I mean, who gets pneumonia anyway? I don't know. You only get pneumonia on the Oregon Trail. You don't get pneumonia in 2015. You get... uh, You get con flu. I thought you get dysentery. Dysentery and, and, and typhoid fever. Um... I don't know, but I got the con flu. I don't. Somebody touched me that had germs. This is. I think a lot of people probably touched you that had germs. Listen, there's a lot of handshaking going on. There was a lot of handshakes. A lot of baby kissing. Oh, that's right. Listen, there's been three conventions this convention season that McSauce has done, and I have gotten ill three times now. That's bullshit. If I get sick again when we go away to West Virginia and we'll get to that in housekeeping in a second but if I get sick again I am not doing cons anymore so I'm going to load up on vitamin C we're going to have Purell at the at the table fans no offense I'm not shaking your hand it's not happening I need to stay fit and healthy so that way I can podcast to you the adoring fans such a noble gesture. I can't wait for you to big time the fans down in West Virginia. Ah, ah, no handshakes. <laughs> no handshakes with the rabble. Or maybe I'll sell them. Kenny uh, Baker style. Yeah. $20 a handshake. $20 a handshake. And then I'll throw in a, a nice little zinger, a nice little insult your way at the end. Like, gee, I hope your hair gets better. So, segueing off of Kenny Baker... We're going to talk about all the new news that came out of D23 this past weekend. We'll get into what exactly D23 is when we get over housekeeping, over that housekeeping hump. So, Ian, why don't you lead us on that journey here and back again from housekeeping. That is such a hump, isn't it? McSauce.com, your source for all the web comics all the reviews, all the podcasts that you'll ever need. That's right. As Matt mentioned, the McSauce crew is going to be going down to West Virginia this Saturday and Sunday at West Virginia Pop Con in Morgantown. Saturday is 10 to 7, Sunday is 11 to 5 p.m. 
you can come down there and you can see Matt Cassell. You can shake his hand for $20. Uh, please be sure to sneeze on him. To update yourself on any and all McSauce goings, you can go to McSauce.com, but the best way to find out what we're doing is usually through the Facebook page. So go on Facebook, <laughs> type in McSauce, and you'll be taken to the magical Facebook page where you can find all of our updates. If you are looking for the podcast, go to iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher. You can download the Stitcher app and, and listen to the last six episodes. You can go to Podomatic. Or if you're looking for the classic episodes, go to McSaucePodcast.LibsinLiberatedSyndicate.com. And this week, by the time that you hear this, it'll probably be the morning of the Geekman Night at the PNC Park. We're having Star Wars night, or at the Pirates are having Star Wars night. We're kind of piggybacking along with what they're doing. Star Wars night with t-shirts and lightsabers and fun times. We're going to be having a tailgate down there. You can join us. Uh, we will be at Red Lot 6, which is located directly across the street from PNC Park. Uh, for $20, or if you've already bought your tickets, you can just come on in and we'll let you in. Food and drink will be available. If you go to Spitfires, their Facebook page, they have all the updates. They have the tailgate, menu available. They have hot dogs, general snack, <laughs> general snack bar, <coughs> Vader tater salad. Wait, 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 wait. Isn't it Admiral Snack Bar? It says general snack bar. Take that up with... Jeremy Canals, <laughs> oh. owner and operator of wow. Spitfires. He's gonna hear about this. Oh boy. He has Andorian barbecue chicken, tauntaun ribs. The drink menu <laughs> consists of quag on gin. He has Yoda soda, Cantina love <laughs> <Yoda> potion, <laughs> dark side jello shots, Invaderade. Kid friendly Invaderade. <laughs> So, if you love Star Wars, if you love the Pittsburgh Pirates, if you love McSauce or great food, come down this Wednesday. I'm sure it's going to be the day that you're hearing this podcast. You get this podcast, you listen to Housekeeping, and then you head directly down to PNC Park. August 19th. Starts at 5 o'clock. It looks like Spitfires will be down there setting up around 3, so you might even be able to get down there and get your Vaderade a little bit early. So come and join us at West Virginia as well as PNC Park this Wednesday. That's all I have. So this past weekend was D23. What's D23? Matt, that's exactly the question I was going to pose to you. I assume it's the Disney Expo and they do this yearly and this is the 23rd one want, of these? I could be wrong, but I want to say they do it every other year. Um, I, I don't know what the 23 stands for. I'm assuming the D stands for Disney. Going out on a limb Pro with that one, pro sharp. Probably. Probably. Where, where did you guys find that Alex Ross Star, Star Wars poster at? Just I'm having a fucking hell of a... Oh, God... Oh, oh, Paul, you fuck. I typed in did you really, did you Ross. Think? Gee, I wonder why you couldn't find it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Alright, I still can't find it. <laughs> so, D23, I assume... I, I thought it was, you know, the Disney 23rd Expo. But I guess maybe that's not right. No. It, does, it doesn't matter. It's Disney's Expo. Who gives a fuck about <laughs> what it is? Or I figured it was for the Mighty Ducks or something like that. I don't give a shit. Okay, so the, oh, okay. it refers to Disney. The D is for Disney. And the 23 refers to 1923, the year when Walt Disney arrived in Hollywood and the company was founded. There you have it. I just stumbled upon the same Wikipedia page. Anyway. Whoa, well, uh, wait. And, so the 23... Is for 1923. So it's D23 every year. Yeah. So this just D23 15. Or whatever, I guess. It's just like Star Wars it's, celebration. It's every did they, other year. Did they, it's, it's every 
every other year. Do they label celebration every year, or do they just call it Star Wars celebration? They used to number celebrations, and now they're just known as celebration, and then the city they're in. So the last one in April was Celebration Anaheim. Do they do a different city every year? They're going to be doing that. I think the next one is in London, and that's in maybe two years. D23 and Star Wars Celebration, two totally different things. Right. Where was D23 this year? I think it's always in the same place. Um, when you asked if they do it in different cities, I thought you were referring to Star Wars Celebration. But D23... No, I meant D23. D23 always, I believe, is in Anaheim. Old Anaheim. So D23 was held this weekend, and we got a pretty good bit of Star Wars news. Yeah, there was Star Wars news, there was Marvel Cinematic U news. There was Incredibles 2 news. Incredibles 2, yeah. The real Fantastic Four. (gasps) Um, How dare you. Josh Trank would have some choice words for you, sir. The Jungle Book. um, um, Can can you explain this Jungle Book news? uh, Well, I don't know what the the big news is, but I can tell you there is a Jungle Book movie coming. Live action? Yeah, live action. It's going to be directed by uh, John Favreau. Huh. Uh, Iron Man's John Favreau, but also Iron Man 2's John Favreau, so take that as you will. I am an absolute mess tonight. I was thinking Tarzan. Oh. We were talking about the Jungle Book. Yeah, I know there's a live-action Jungle Book. The, the voice cast in that movie is out of this world. But what made me think of Tarzan was because I read that the guy that directed Frozen confirmed that Tarzan is Anna and Elsa's brother. Like, whenever their parents got... Whenever they died at sea, the sun, like, shored up on a jungle continent and was raised by apes. So, in the Disney universe, Tarzan is Anna and Elsa's in the now younger brother. Connected <clears throat> Disney universe. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Force feed that and down our throats. Thank I you, read Disney. The, it made, I, read, I read it. It made complete sense. It's nonsense. It worked. It's stupid. Because I guess there's... I guess in the beginning of The Little Mermaid, Ariel sees a shipwreck. And that shipwreck she sees in the distance is the one that Anna and Elsa's parents go down on. Get the fuck out of here. First of all... (laughs) First of of all, where are you going that you're reading these things? You need to stop. (laughs) I don't even tell you where this came from. And second of all, Disney... Thanks, but no thanks. I don't want your universe to be connected. Separate stories, please. Thank you. (laughs) So based on D23 2015... Star Wars is the most important thing in Disney's universe right now. Um, it, it, it eclipsed the mighty Marvel Cinematic Universe by a lot. The things in the news that were coming out this week, uh, were, were it was all Star Wars all the time. Um, yeah, I felt like it was just Star Wars. Oh, there's going to be an Incredibles 2. Yeah, yeah. Kinda yeah figured there was, was going like to be one of those eventually, but exactly. it was... Star Wars this, Star Wars that, here's a new poster, here's some new other shit. If it wasn't Star Wars news, it was a footnote. Um, you know, they showed some uh, some footage for Captain America, Civil War. So which, much Star Wars news, I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. Until you got here tonight. And then, apparently Ant-Man is going to be in it. Um, we knew that. Oh, did we? I didn't know that. We did know that. It was part of the stinger scene at the end. Don't worry, folks. Ant-Man will be in Civil Ant-Man War. Will return. Like, they Civil spell War. it fucking out. Well, what was... Which is dumb. I didn't, read any, I didn't read any articles. I didn't see any clips. What was the Civil War clip about? Uh, I, honestly, I can't remember. Um, but I know that it had Ant-Man in it. That forgettable. Sounds like Marvel. I thought you were a man on the scene, Matt. I thought uh, you had Matt's all our, Matt's our man a long time ago this week. That does not cover All right, so I'll the Marvel you. You want to get into Star Wars? Let's get into Star Wars. We'll start with with a with an appetizer. So there's two video games coming up. Paul, you about ready to go to sleep? I'm going to get a beer. All right, man. We'll so see you. There's, there's two video games coming out this holiday for Star Wars. You have Star Wars Infinity, 
uh, which is like that that video game with the the little toys that you interact with the game in some capacity. It's like hybrid <laughs> Pokemon. You got to buy them right. all. Poor parents, man. It started out. I don't with, envy the parents. It started of this out with generation. Um, with the Disney characters, and then it transitioned into Marvel characters, and now it's Star Wars. And God damn, do those fucking figures look cool. They're, they're really, really cool. The sculpt looking. and the design of those figures is so fucking neat. And the coolest thing is, they kind of all go together. Like, they truly feel like the Marvel characters kind of feel like they belong right there alongside the Star Wars one. They're in the exact same style. The debate that you and I, Paul, had when we were shopping for the Toys for Tots this past year. Which will be happening again this year, so start saving your money now, Mitsaw. Third annual Toys for Tots. We were talking last year about splitting a Nova and Spider-Man set, and neither of us have that game or that video game system or give a shit. We just wanted cool figures to put on our desks at work. They're really awesome looking. I really like the way that they look. But Star Wars is going to be um, joining the fray of Infinity this yeah. this um, holiday season. It's I guess be big. I guess. But so they're they're doing that, and then there's an, a push for the new Battlefront game, which a lot of people are talking about because um, they have uh, yet another convention in Los Angeles called E3 where it's like, it's the biggest video game convention of the year, it's an annual thing, and um, apparently Battlefront won like best of show this year. And it's like a big Star Wars game where you pick the Empire or the Rebels and you have like all kinds of different types of soldiers fighting against one another. You can get in X-Wings and TIE Fighters and I don't think it has space battles, but you fly within the atmosphere while like the ground battles going on under you, and it's it's like an online type of thing. But anyway, that's going to be big too. So um, in order to really push these games, um, I guess uh, Disney has teamed up with PlayStation, and now there's going to be an exclusive Darth Vader PlayStation 4 system available, and you can either get the Infinity game or the the Battlefront game. And it's like has a special paint job, and the controller looks kind of Star Warsy. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, but the coolest one ever on the Xbox 360 that had a, a Star Wars theme to it, and the machine itself looked like it was painted like R2D2, and I thought that was really cool. That's really cool. <clears throat> Anyway, so there's your video game news, Paul. Moving on, uh, we could talk about um, we'll talk about the the new spinoff movie called uh, Star Wars Anthology. Rogue. Well, didn't they change? Didn't they officially change the name? They're not calling them <clears throat> the anthologies anymore. They're calling them Star Wars stories. Why don't you tell the fans? Because this is news to me. Breaking news, Paul McGinty, man on the scene. I had read an article this weekend where Disney and Lucasfilm said, we're not calling them the anthology series anymore. They're now going to be the Star Wars stories. And I don't, I didn't really think they needed to make an announcement that they were officially calling <clears throat> them one thing or the other. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't really think it matters. Uh -huh. But it seems like, you know, along with what's going to be canon and what isn't, Disney and Lucasfilm are really trying to crack down on everything and you know funnel everything in a nice little line kind of Nazi-ish so that everything is in its proper place and its proper order you didn't hear about this? no I didn't um, I'm trying to look it up but the internet's not cooperating but I, I saw a little thing yeah it looks like it they even have a logo for it, where it's like Rogue One. And like and the old Return of the Jedi. The framing. Yeah. And then it says Star Wars Story next to it at the bottom. Um, I like, I like personally, I like Anthology better. It sounds more regal. It, it does. Uh, I, I don't think I understand the rationale for changing it. What? Did people complain too, too <clears throat> loudly about... I'm sure that, no I mean, one said anything about it. It was just 
the corporate heads at Disney overthinking themselves. And Didn't we say something? Didn't we not like Anthology when it first came out? I don't remember why having wouldn't, an issue with Why that. wouldn't we like that? Because we don't like anything. Well, yeah, know. but that's what those kinds of things are called. Maybe, like, when I... When I think of Anthology, <coughs> I think of stuff like Twilight Zone, Tales from the Dark Side, Anthology series... So maybe they didn't want that B-grade horror movie connotation. But stories just sounds fucking lame. Like, anthology is such a better word. It has more weight to it. Like, this is... Anthology, to me, makes a part of the saga. Star Wars stories is like, this is what my fucking kid wrote in his loose leaf at class today. In his loose leaf... (laughs) Do they not have loose leaf anymore? Does everyone write on iPads now? Well, I feel tablets. like it's all tablets. At least notebooks, right? Like, I don't, I don't think people just have random sheets of paper. I, I don't know. I mean, you could be right, Paul. When you were in in class back in the nineties, right? we used parchment. You used parchment. <laughs> there was a roll of Paul was paper. dipping his. It, in the, the inkwell, his quill. I understand that technically I am the oldest member of the McSauce podcast. But we really make it sound like I'm, I'm really old. You acted sometimes. You act your age. I'm set in my ways, in particular. Me and Matt are young, fun-loving guys. So Matt, anthology or stories? What do you prefer? I prefer anthology. I feel like stories does kind of you lose some of the the official quality yeah. without like a word like anthology anthology like it just kind of felt like it, it just made sense like it worked for me oh these are the anthology films um story makes it feel like like is it even canon by the way i'd like to go off on a on a slight tangent right now Canon tangent. A canon, a tangent. A tangent. I would, I would like to talk about how Disney and and Lucas, the Lucasfilm Story Group, has gone out of their way to let us know that everything is canon now. Everything. It's all part of the same. What you read in the comic books has. It, just as much weight and, and and finality as what happens on the silver screen. Paul's making faces because... But I'm making the face that I feel your brain is making while you're saying this stuff. Am you're I wrong? I think we're on the same page here. I believe that there is canon and those are the films. Everything else... There was a time when that was known as... Go, keep going. When that was known as G-level canon. You know what G stands for? George. George. You know who we're talking about? George. Lucas. Lucas. Not George Stray for all you country fans. The maker. All right? So, the guy. Everything that, that he said is officially canon, I was okay with that. I was like, okay, well, if he said it's it's part of the real story, that I, I'm totally on board with that. But now, there is no G-level canon because George is out of the picture. So since he sold the company to Disney, Disney said, no, 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 everything that we do is officially canon. And it fits just as snugly in with everything else. And that's nonsense. It's bullshit. It's ridiculous. Because the comic books that Marvel has put out... now. Granted, I haven't read everything. I've read most of everything that Marvel's put out so far. Oh my god, I have read everything. It has not been particularly good. And I refuse to believe that Luke Skywalker had a, an actual lightsaber duel with Darth Vader before he ever confronted him on Cloud City. I refuse to believe that Luke Skywalker, while blind and untrained, defeated Boba Fett in Ben Kenobi's house. It 
it sounds like fan fiction, and to it me, it sounds it, like stories. It it kind of does, doesn't it? It sounds like the kind of shit that you would have maybe written on loose leaf paper back in elementary school and drawn like stick figure comics to it. I'm getting all fired <clears throat> up. I'm like, testify. <laughs> there, there is one canon, and it is the films. And I don't care what the Lucasfilm story group tells me is officially canon. See, this this leads me to a point that I read a, a quote from Kathleen Kennedy today. What's Kathleen Kennedy's title? President of Lucasfilm. Chief ruiner of our childhood. Uh, in an article about the Han Solo solo film, the, the Han Solo story, she said that she got together with um, whoever's going to be direct or with uh, Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan is going to be writing it. Who's Lawrence Kasdan? The writer of The Empire Strikes Back. Director of The Empire Strikes Back. Well, writer. you were it's you were Irvin you were close to being right the first back. time. Right. Uh, uh, Kasdan did Jedi. No, he didn't. But who did Jedi? <laughs> Richard um, Marquand. He, well, what he did, wrote pieces What did Kasdan do on Jedi? He wrote pieces he, of it. Kasdan basically wrote Return of the Jedi with George Lucas. George Lucas pretty much wrote The Empire Strikes Back. Lawrence Kasdan came in and did some script doctoring. Um, Lawrence Kasdan actually gets way too much credit for Empire. Um, it, but there was actually another screenwriter that wrote The Empire Strikes Back. I forget what her name is. I'll look it up for you later once the internet wants to cooperate. But... Um, there was a, a female writer, and she wrote a really weird version of the sequel to The Empire Strikes Back. And it was one of those early drafts that they discarded most of everything from it. Kept a few things, um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's probably very similar to, like, what happened with the, the new Star Wars, The uh, Force Awakens. They had hired this writer, Michael Arndt, to write the new one, and nobody really liked what he was doing, so they removed him from the project, and then J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan basically rewrote it, and um, <clears throat> I, I'm assuming they're going to use a little bit of what Arndt did, but probably not much, but, but anyway, Lawrence Kasdan did what, Paul? Not his credentials anymore, but in regards to what Kathleen Kennedy said. He's, he and his son will be writing the Han Solo story. Now, did Lawrence Kasdan's son get this gig? Because he's Lawrence, Kas Lawrence Kasdan's son? Absolutely. You don't... You think there's a little bit of nepotism at play here? 100%. Now, Lawrence Kasdan like says he's, he's really good, and he has a great energy, and he's inspiring to be around, and he makes Lawrence Kasdan want to delve back into this universe and into his favorite Star Wars character, which is Han Solo. And that's great. But, oh, fuck, yeah, nepotism. At the peak of nepotism! This is the Everest of nepotism. You don't fucking write a quote-unquote canon Star Wars story. Like, I mean, you just don't get fucking picked with no credentials if you're fucking Joe Kasdan. What's funny is I'm going through... Lawrence Kasdan has two children, Jake Kasdan and John Kasdan. And I first selected Jake. And um, as you're bitching, I went Jake's down... Jake's a meth addict in lower Hollywood. I went down through his filmography, which is extensive. He's written a lot of things. He starred in some different things. I was like, oh, well, maybe this isn't nepotism. And then I realized that this is not the Kasdan that we're talking about. This is not the Kasdan you're looking for? Is that... So then, I, so then I scroll over to John Kasdan, who is going to be writing the Solo Solo film, and he has it's absolutely... Solo, solo, I like he, that. He has almost no credentials. So it's total nepotism. He, he has a podcast. I his think he was listed as mentioned on the McSauce podcast his, once. His credentials is a picture of a tumbleweed. It is... It's embarrassing what his page looks like in comparison that, to his like, more successful actual Hollywood brother. That's that's not even that's not even the point I'm trying to make here. What Kathleen Kennedy said was she was talking about essentially why make a young Han Solo film. 
And she goes in. Money, and, money, well, money, 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 money. We know that's the real reason, but you know she she is the absolute best at telling Lucasfilm speak. And she says that if there if there wasn't a real story to tell, we wouldn't tell it. We don't want to just add backstory to these characters just to add backstory because we understand that part of the mystery of where these characters come from or why they're so beloved but we we really felt with Han Solo that there was a real story that we need to tell about this character and Han Solo to me like Boba Fett like you don't need to tell me anything about this character Han Solo Boba Fett the Joker they just appear fully formed as they are we don't know where they come from, and that's what makes them so fucking cool. I don't care if Boba Fett goes out like a fucking punk on the skiff. He is a fucking <clears throat> badass. Not right really. up until that moment. No, because Luke beat his ass blindfolded. And <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Untrained. With a little help from R2 electrocuting something with one of those superpowers he has that he never has in the, in the original trilogy. Yeah, so like, so she sa- she says that that about the solo solo, film. and I'm conflicted because I'm like, oh, she's saying what I wanted to say, but I know they're still making this because it's gonna make money, and this is one of the, like this is one of the films that I think fans are like, this is what I want to see. I wanna I want to see a Han Solo film, but really they want to see, they want that Harrison Ford magic, you know, from when Paul- he was. Young again. Right. I mean, Han Solo is, you know, a great character, but 80% of the greatness is Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford ain't going to be playing a 20-year-old Han Solo in this, so we're at an impasse. We have a problem here. I'm not looking forward to this movie. Um, I mean, well, I see it, of course, but, like, I'm way more excited about the other not-anthology movie um, Are you excited about Rogue One? It's hard to be with Episode Seven on the horizon closer. Is, is that even a story that needs told? It's not, but I feel like it's a cool side story that doesn't really step on the toes of any established characters. It might add like a little nugget here or there, you know, like and give you like a little, just a little something extra. Will we see many Bothans die? Uh, no, because that was for the second Death Star. This movie happens before to get the plans for the first Death Star. So, no. And we don't know anything about that crew. No. Except for some commenter I I saw that apparently had beef because, I guess in the Expanding Universe, most of Rogue Squadron, or a handful of them, were aliens. And these are all humanoid characters. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's a photograph. We don't know anything Fucking dorks. So... With Han Solo, though, Paul, I I agree with most of what you said, but there's always been kind of a, at least among, like, the hardcore Star Wars fans, like, some level of understanding about Han Solo's backstory, which I guess is going to be completely rewritten now, but previous to the sale of Star Wars to Disney, Han Solo is a guy from a planet called Corellia. He freed Chewbacca... And Chewbacca owed him a life debt. That's why they were like partners. Like Chewbacca was a slave or something. Um, Han used to be in the Imperial Navy. He was going to be a, a, a Tie Fighter pilot or something. He was Ezra, essentially. Was Ezra in the Imperial Navy? Ezra's. Well, Ezra goes undercover as oh, well, an Imperial cadet. Yeah, he was Han one of was Ezra's cadet. And, and classmates. I think he left or something at the point when he saw Chewbacca enslaved and he saved him and that was it. I would imagine that's the story we're going to get. We're going to see him free Chewbacca. If that's what happens, we'll see their meeting. But I don't know what they're going to keep, what they're going to get rid of. Um, I would be totally content to never know. You know, like let let that story be vague in the ether, and that would be fine. 
Tell I, I agree 100% because I, I never acknowledge that story as my Han Solo. What? I've never acknowledged that. I, I understand that's the generally accepted story among Star Wars fans is where Han Solo came from. Okay. He was a cadet. He freed Chewbacca, blah, blah, blah. But I never liked that story. Uh, you Did know. you make your own story? Yeah. What's, what's your story? What's your story? That Han was just a kid that grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. And that's what he's been doing like his entire life he's been he fought like a switchblade yeah he's so been... no one could take him down <laughs> he's essentially 18 in life right <laughs> yeah like yeah I, I I never liked that Han was in the Imperial Navy like Han I, I likes always bare bones <clears throat> character development like nothing nothing I want nothing I don't I, oh. I think he can develop as a fully formed character without having to be in the Imperial Navy. I think it's fully... Uh, I think it can happen that him and Chewbacca meet at some point and they're just best friends. You and I didn't save each other from mortal peril and we're pretty fucking tight. I saved you from PTI. I pulled you out of that place. So, like, I always just... Like, the story in my head was always that, yeah, Han grew up on Corellia. He didn't have a really great home life. He was always looking out for himself. And from a young age, it was him against the world. And he's never had a great love for the Empire. But it was Han first. And that's where you get... Like, Han, when you meet him in A New Hope, he is Han first. I'm looking out for number one. Yeah, Chewie's my boy. But I'm not going to come right out and say, it's me and this guy. Han and Chewie first. It's I'm looking for myself because that's the life that he's built up for himself. Yeah. Like I don't think it. He was ever like, I'm going to be part of this larger thing and it's going to be great and I'm going to. Maybe it just got him out of his shitty predicament, <clears throat> the life that he didn't want to have. Maybe that was his way off that rock, but it wasn't a big patriotic thing or. Yeah, and I, I like, I, I understand why they went there with it. Fine, whatever, but it's nothing that I've really acknowledged. Like, I always liked the story of Han making his way himself. Like, always on the streets, always looking out for number one. And by the time you get to the jaded guy that he is in A New Hope, that's all the shit that's, that he's had to gone through, that he's had to go through. And at some point, he meets Chewie along the way. Maybe he saves Chewie's life in some heist that goes wrong or something. And that's where the life debt comes from. Right. Like, it can happen many kinds of, any kind of ways. Yeah, I don't care one way or the other. I really don't. Um, but, and, but that's part of the fun of Han Solo. We don't know. Right, we don't know, and it, it doesn't matter. Um, right. And and I, I get worried when you go back. I mean, if the prequels taught us anything, it, it, it makes us look at the established things with new lenses and in many cases that's not necessarily a good thing and um, you know this is going to change the way we view Han Solo for better or worse so that's like a risky proposition whereas like Rogue One might change our perception a little bit but it's not going to like really affect characters because these are all new characters you know it, it, it what these story Star Wars story films are going to do is like expand the universe but here the the second one and we're we're crawling back into like the existing shell that's already there rather than going further out and if they were going to do a story movie with it with a um, an established character the one that is just dying to be made is the Obi-Wan movie um that I feel everyone wants to see, to see. Even people that don't like the prequels say, get Ewan McGregor, make him Obi-Wan, give him one final adventure uh, while he's on Tatooine where he leaves the planet, or maybe not, who knows. Because, because the universal positive of the prequels is Ewan McGregor. And he's even come out and said that he would he be all for participating in something like that. I, I think it will happen... 
but I just don't understand why it's not. Maybe they want to distance themselves a little bit more from the prequels before they kind of go back toward that a little bit. Because they, I mean, the amount of, um, like, spin and, and like, PR hype that, that Disney and Lucasfilm are doing to get away from the prequels, practical effects. No, Every, don't say that word. Everything is, is like, taking place... In the the classic trilogy era, no, nothing is around episode one. Could you imagine if the first story movie they make is like a week before episode one? Like people would go out <laughs> of their minds. Like they would be so. It upset. was. Uh, this is the Jar Jar Binks story. They should do that. They should just be like, you know what, fans, fuck you. I That's did read doing. a really long. Uh, how might this break down article I don't even think I got to the end of it it was so fucking long about how John Boyega about his Finn character is a solo and Ray is also a Skywalker slash solo and that's how and they keep like the main character brother sister bond but they do it kind of differently and they tie in the Han Solo's wife from the Jason Aaron Star Wars comic mm-hmm. and that's how Finn is Han Solo's grandson mm. and like I got so fucking bored that's reading so it but one painful. of the points they made was um, they said something about being a descendant of Mace Windu but they're not it doesn't look like Abrams is using anything from the prequels and I was like yeah that's probably right yeah, I don't think he's using anything from the prequels. Um, I. It would be nice if there's some acknowledgement of certain things or events that happen um, in some capacity. I feel like that just strengthens the saga together, you know? Like it adds, like it makes it a little bit more cohesive, but I don't think that's what they're going to choose to do. Um, so, speaking of uh, Finn. The, the one of the main heroes of the new movie, they released a new poster by Drew Struzan, who has illustrated all of the Star Wars posters. That's if you count the special edition ones. Now, he didn't do the original posters, but he did the special edition, edition posters in 1997. And then he did the three prequel posters. And he has a long and storied Hollywood uh, resume. Um, he's done Indiana Jones, um, help me out here, Ian. Drew Struzan. Yeah. His poster work. He probably has done all the famous posters. Um, Romancing the Stone, I would imagine yeah. he did. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know. But all those late 70s, early 80s looking, um, you know, painted posters. That's a style that we've gone away from that looking at them and thinking about what just looking at the current poster that he produced, the most recent one, it makes me long for those days of more of an artistic style to Absolutely. the promotion of movies. Now they're just kind of photoshopped together. Right, and isn't it weird, as we know, because we're graphic designers, they take a picture of the body, and then they kind of take a separate picture of the head, and they kind of superimpose it on there to make the head a little bit more prominent and it always looks strange on on movie posters nowadays are we talking about that drew struzan poster talking about the famous drew struzan i wish they'd have just left han solo off of it now well there's there's i want to point out that this poster is not the official movie poster for the force awakens this was an exclusive poster for the fans at the D23 Expo. Um, I don't know if Drew Struzan's going to really do the the poster. And and it made sense because I don't feel like the the general layout of this poster feels quite as, um, I don't know, framed as, as like all the other ones that he's done. Like they all kind of feel like they have like sort of a rectangle around them and the title is more prominently centered. Um, and and these, there, there also yeah, the same. there is always like more of a dynamic framing with Harry Potter. He did a Man of Steel one. Yeah, Harry even, Potter. That's it. He even did a, a Guardians one. It looks like 
Oh, that's cool. And um, you're you're right. There's always some sort of framing that just it just screams like movie poster, right, or theatrical movie. release. And makes, this doesn't have that. It makes that the feel. story feel kind of grand. Like you, this is something very special. And especially today, when we don't get much of this at all, when you do see it, it does feel pretty significant. And I think this particular poster is really kind of like, I don't know if it's telling or if it, you know, opens the door for questions. Like, we see Finn, he has a lightsaber now, okay? Well, he's going to be the good guy that wields the lightsaber in this, and I assume he'll, he'll fight against Kylo Ren, who we also found out that his name is not a name but a title. He is one of the Knights of Ren. Which I don't know what the hell that is, but sounded kind of cool. Knight, Knight of Ren. Um, Just was, like how the Sith sounded like it was, you know, it was more of a title than like just two dudes hanging out a little bit. Yeah. Um, he put together his lightsaber. Apparently that came out, so that's not a relic. You know, the fiery red blade that mm. he has. Um, apparently he built that thing. Um, it's a work on his craftsmanship. Yeah, really. But even in the poster, it's pretty cool because you can see it's kind of crackling and stuff. And then you have Finn's saber, which is Luke's old lightsaber. Um, and that's just clean and normal looking. Um, and then you have Ray right there in the middle, the girl, who I think it's really interesting that she's in the middle because it almost makes me feel like, is that some kind of foreshadowing? Like she could either go to the light side or the dark side. And I have sort of a, a theory that before the end of the, the sequel saga that she's going to go bad um, and that Finn will be the, the main hero of the saga, but could be wrong. In this day and age of diversity, do you think that's what they're going to do? Or, like, I think Rey is going to be the A number one hero from start to finish in this trilogy. I would be perfectly happy if they did that. But I'm just... I feel like... The, I feel like they're thinking they need to do a Luke, I am your father moment. And what's the most unexpected but, like, acceptable or plausible thing? Maybe you could have your main hero go bad. The, it's very unexpected for um, a female hero that... You know, they're really pushing is like, you know, in 2015 to have a strong, prominent female lead in an otherwise like male dominated saga, but then you flip that on its ear and you make her a villain. I don't know. That would be kind of cool. It would be different. You don't see that anywhere, just like you said. So, I mean. I'm just trying to like think what's the most unexpected thing they could do. Because otherwise, I mean. Maybe they don't have to do something unexpected. Maybe it can just be kind of predictable. What do you think, Paul? I think JJ has something up his sleeve. If they make Ray the bad guy, I will be floored. I really believe she's going to be the Luke Skywalker from start to finish what, with this entire thing. What does that make John Boyega, Finn? Cannon fodder. The Han Solo. Be no, the that's Oscar Isaac is Han Solo. I'm pretty sure that that's there. Those three will be our main heroes from start to finish. Okay, I think we're gonna get some crazy lineage stuff between Kylo Ren and either John Boyega or Rey. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would be completely surprised if they made any one of Boyega. Ridley or Isaac a bad guy. Maybe maybe the Daisy Ridley's character will have that like temptation the way that Luke was tempted. Maybe. I don't know. Another theory someone had was that actually Poe, Oscar Isaac's character, is the character that has a relation to either Luke or Han. It's kind of like, oh, you didn't see that coming because we even told you his last name and it's not Solo or Skywalker. But, you know, there could be... Um, you know, there's ways to write around everything. Yeah, I, I feel like even if this was just a D23 
exclusive poster. It's a little too on the nose, like it's a little too telling with the dark side and the light side and Ray in the middle and oh nobody knows these characters so you better put Han Solo in there at the bottom. Like, I, don't, I think it's a little too on the nose for what J.J. Abrams traditionally likes to do secrecy-wise with his films. It, right, it kind of feels a little simple. It makes, it like, you see the poster and you think, oh, this must be a pretty straightforward story. It's probably not going to be. Another thing that came out this past week, did you guys see the leaked photo of Luke from episode 7? Mm-hmm. You guys have any thoughts on that? Yes. I do. Let's hear them. I'm disappointed he's wearing regular light Jedi colors. Uh-huh. What did you want? I, I like that in Return of the Jedi he was wearing black. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in defiance of the Sith that weren't the Sith at that time. But being like, yeah, these are your colors. I'm wearing New Jersey. Up, but I'm still the good guy, so go fuck off. So I kind of wanted Luke to continue that and just kind of like rebrand himself and the Jedi like this. Yeah, dark side, light side, it doesn't matter. I am, I'm a Jedi. I thought Luke was a little bit a character in turmoil in Return of the Jedi. Like that was, that was the the closest he ever came to going bad. Like, it, it yeah, really like was. yeah. He was conflicted, and, 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 and he's doing and, some shit. In that moment. No, in, no, no. Yeah, in the, he, on the second Death Star, in the moment, he's like, oh, shit, what should I do? But, like, he doesn't roll into Jabba's palace. Like, you know what? I'm going to wear black, because I don't know if I'm going to kill everyone in here or not yet. What's the first thing he does when he shows up at Jabba's palace? He kills a Gamorrean guard. He, he, just, he chokes them. He doesn't kill them. He, what did he do? He chokes them and then so that they back off. Death. And then he didn't kill him. Were they dead? No. Oh, are you sure? Yeah. How do you know? Did you see him get up? I don't think we saw him get up. He doesn't. He doesn't kill the Gamorrean guards. He chokes them oh. to back them off, and then Bib Fortuna's like, yeah, 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 and then they keep going. Hmm. He's not conflicted in that movie up until the moment of okay. peril. Where it's like, oh, fuck, I'm right here. But maybe he's going old school here. He's like, you know what, let's throw it back. Let's make it retro. Yeah, and I, it's I, fun I, for I, the I get kids. that. I'm not, I'm not against it. I, I'm not against it. But You're I not? Know. You seem like it. You said you I were. I get it. I understand why, he's, why he would wear a traditional lighter-toned Jedi robe. That's the coolest part, I think, actually. Because it almost makes it feel like ethereal almost godlike he's like like he's the grand jedi he master. Is i feel like knight. it's the whitest yes. outfit ever like it's the lightest yeah, version it, of this that i've ever seen yeah it's, it's even it's it's like even the than, brown is like it's lighter than obi-wan's in new hope it's lighter than the jedi council in phantom menace he's skywalker the white it's, it's yeah right but i i, I wanted him to maintain the black and be like, I'm wearing a jersey. What are you going to do about it? I I disagree. I, I like that he has become, like, the Jedi Master. Um, I It's a look that's been established in the films, and it just kind of makes sense for the character. Especially in light of all these horrific rumors. He's going to be a cyborg. He's going to be the villain. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that Do you was... think this quashes all those rumors? I, I, no, I don't. But I, I think that it, like, 95% or 99% does, but nothing's a I like how you had that little 1%. Until we see you that never movie, know. Until those credits roll and he hasn't been a cyborg the entire movie, then... So how it, crazy would it be if Adam Driver wasn't even in this movie, and at the end Kylo Ren takes his mask off and it's Mark Hamill? Yeah. Um. There was uh. <clears throat> so there there was all these rumors going around like a year ago about about it. So when that picture surfaced, like I read the story online and you had to click on it. To see the picture, there was like no preview picture. I was relieved 
more than anything. More than like, oh my god, that's so cool. I was just like, oh, thank god. I wish it, I would have been there whenever Matt was doing Like, this. I feel like I held my breath. <gasps> I, wish it, I wish it would have been like a Rick Roll situation. Yeah, that would have been shitty. But uh, I, I'm happy with it, man. Like, I honestly, I wish he looked a little thinner, to be honest. But... He yeah. looks surprised. This looks like it was right after he went to food services and had like some awesome catering. They're like, "All right, get, time to get back on the set." And he's like, Bleh. "Yeah, yeah." Like he's that doesn't look like it was shot in any way um, to uh, to kind of hide anything. Hmm. I, what are they? Is it black that's slimming? Is that? Maybe that's why he should be in black. That's Maybe what that's what black. Paul over there thinks. Yeah. Slim that cat like, down. Like colors, not slimming. So, uh, what, what other news was there from D23? And this, by the way, this was not news from D23. This was a leaked photo that Lucasfilm is pissed about. That it leaked. The Mark Hamill one? Yes. They did not want that reveal to well, happen. Even, and even by looking the way, at the picture, Mark Hamill's like, you're so fired. Yeah, right. He's like, I don't think you should be taking my picture with that <laughs> phone. Or like, I know you're not texting. That's the face he's making. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in the trailer, in the second teaser trailer, there's a sequence where um, Luke is talking. There's a voiceover, and he says, I have that power. And he puts his hand on R2-D2, right? And all you see is, like, a white sleeve with a robotic hand. That is not... And we're meant to believe that that's Luke. But that is not the the clothing that he's wearing in this picture. So either he has a, a wardrobe change, which, let's face it, ain't real common in Star Wars movies. Usually they wear the same thing beginning to end. Or, um, that's a different character. Thoughts? Maybe wardrobe change. I'm going maybe. with wardrobe change, too. Maybe he just, you know, maybe that's what he wakes up to, and, you know, that's what his PJs he had, and he's like, hey, R2, make me some coffee. And then he changes into his dress whites. <laughs> his dress whites. Paul? Yeah, we see, through the course of the original trilogy, we see Luke and... Six different outfits. Right. So, part of me is like, yeah, it's probably Luke's hand. He's being gentle with R2, and they've been, you know, boys from the beginning. But on the other side, I'm like, well, Luke's always covered that up. Like, he had a realistic, like, flesh hand over it, and when that got fucked up, he immediately puts a glove over it. But it's so been. So people don't see. The cybernetics. But it's been 30 years. Luke's more comfortable in his cybernetic body. He just doesn't give a fuck anymore. Right, He's so off on some distant planet it, all by himself. Him and R2. R2's not judgy. He's just like, whatever, you got a robot hand. I don't it, give a fuck. It could be. It could be beep, beep, way. Boop. I think it's... If it's not Luke, I'll be surprised. Because during, during that trailer, you know, they... They give the Skywalker lineage. They're right. like, well, it's Vader's helmet. They, and then it's what you think is Luke, and then it's Carrie Fisher getting the lights Right, right. What you think is Carrie Fisher or Princess Leia. But and, when you see the photos that went with it, that is Carrie Fisher. Right. I, I just, I would hate it for them to basically put together a trailer in an obvious way to mislead us. I feel like that's really shitty. You know, I, I hate right. that kind of like, like kind of lead up kind of things. So I don't think that they would have done that. But again, we're, we're just not going to know until we see the damn movie. And what do we have about, four, is it four months left? Doesn't it come out on December 18th? Yeah. So at midnight, how do you four, not have a countdown? Four months from tomorrow. At midnight, okay. So almost literally four months from today, August seventeenth, because we're gonna go to the midnight show, or at least I'm gonna go to the midnight. We're show. gonna go. Okay. Um, 
It's almost exactly. I mean, it's right now as we're recording. It's ten twenty p.m. We'll be in line four months from now. Yes. For episode seven. Wow. Are we gonna be brave? Are we gonna take our lightsabers? Are we gonna dress up? Are we gonna wear our? I'm just gonna wear nice clothes. whites. I might. I'm. I might wear my nice whites. <laughs> I'm gonna wear my Saruman the whites. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think there was any other major um, news out of D twenty three regarding Star Wars. I think that pretty much covered it. Um, I was a little disappointed, to be honest with you. Oh, they did announce there's going to be a Star Wars land at Disney World. Oh yeah, yeah, which was a big deal for Disney, but I mean, kind of not that big of a deal for us. I mean, maybe until it, it exists, until it and exists, then we're like, oh shit, we're all going. Right. Or until we go see it, it's just an idea. Did right? they give a finish date for no. this thing? No, no, no. So I, we may not see this thing till 2018. Oh, I'm I'm guessing it would be at least five years from now. That's my guess. I'm telling you, I hope that I live long enough to go to the cantina that they better fucking have there. I don't think there's any way the cantina isn't made. But, I mean, this is going to be, like, the most crowded place on Earth. Mm. Like, you could go... Like, what would be the least crowded day to go to Disney World? Uh, random Christmas Tuesday. Day? Uh, yeah, sure. Christmas Day, it would probably be packed. I, I feel like I heard that Christmas Day is a destination for Disney World is because it? of just that. So that's hmm. not the least maybe busy day. What do you think? Like some random Tuesday in March? You feel like talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. What are you t- t- googling? Least well, anyway, busiest the, day. The point is, even if you went on the least busy day, it would still be. Probably the busiest insane. day of your life. Right, exactly. And I mean, like, as cool as it would be to sit in the cantina, I don't want to wait nine hours to sit in the cantina. Like, can't I, get blue milk anywhere else, man. I guess busiest Christmas week through marathon weekend. Oh boy, we Le- would have been all least fucked. least busy early December or hmm. late April or shortly before Labor Day. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Keep that in mind. All right. So when we're making our plans five years from now, mid mid to late January, I feel like that's because nobody be going there. This is the thing: nobody's taking their vacation at the beginning of December. They're all back loading it for the. Well, that's when that's when we need to go. We need to go mid to late January. January fifteenth, we'll put in our time (laughs) for twenty twenty. For Star Wars Land, and we can have a glass of blue milk at the cantina. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Matt's gonna get his hand chopped off. It's gonna be awesome. If that was, if that was possible, I'd go right now. The picture, the picture looks cool, but have somebody need... just be like, "He doesn't like you." <laughs> <laughs> so if they had a, an actor that's starting real fights, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, they they did a whole start there, the whole Harry Potter world and everything, and it's pretty neat. And I'd like to go check that out. But like, can you imagine walking up to a full size Millennium Falcon and walking up the ramp into it? Like, I think like my brain would melt. Like, I, I don't think I could really process what was going on. I don't know around you know, me. I've, I was at the the MGM Studios or whatever, and they have, like, the walker there, and it makes it feel like Endor. And I remember, I mean, it, it's just, like, it's cool, but I don't know if my brain melted. Did you need to see an Ewok get murdered for you to maybe, feel like maybe. it was... Well, what, what was that? Was that, like, a... That's the ride, the uh, yeah. Star Tours yeah, ride. But, so, you know, you're in, you're in a ride. But no, 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 no. Outside of it, there's a walker outside of the building. A full size at Yeah, I, I don't think it's like, um, like perfectly replicated. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty much full. What are some of the other locations that you think they'll replicate in the Star Wars theme park? Like, what would you guys want to go see? I, you know, my vote's the Cantina because I'm an alcoholic. Well, the, the Cantina but, would be 
it's the obvious choice. Yeah. So what are other places that you guys would want to go? I, I want to see them push like the limits of what is technically possible. Like do a fucking bubble, uh, like Jar Jar's city. I forget what it's Oda Gunga. Make that. That would be fucking cool. cool. See, I'd like to see the Yavin hangar, and I realize that's probably super expensive, but. Like, can you just like, walk into a big hangar and there's just fucking like 10x wings and you can just walk under some of them and some of the droids that are in the cock behind the cockpits talk and you can climb up some of the ladders and into the cockpit and put the helmet on. Like, just walking through all those x wings would be so fucking cool. You know what's kind of funny in the in the movie when they made it. Um, they only had like two X-wings, so they kept like moving them around yeah. different shots to make it feel like there was a bunch. Dagobah, Dagobah, yeah. Every they night, they probably sell rain Jabba's, as you're Jabba's going sail barge in. Oh yeah, or his palace. Yeah, that's a pretty oh, good one. The palace would be pretty neat. Imagine like going down the the like dark, foggy stone stairwell down into that main chamber. Yeah, yeah so creepy. But and then and then you get down there and they have the remixed song down there and then you just Jedi leave. rocks yeah you're just like fuck this <laughs> you break all the animatronics and get kicked out of the park I would want to have dinner in Cloud City every night and just open the doors up and Darth Vader is down there I would want fuck in Cloud City that's what they need to do they need to have amazing. an adjacent hotel that looks out called Pound a City. City among the clouds yeah that would be cool. On that note, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Max We'll see you next time.